All right, guys. Can you recall uh, other coaches who've had this much success with uh, transfers? Uh, I I don't think I can. Uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a lot of a lot of schools out there that you think not a lot, but there's some schools out there you think that would be a a, a good place for for transfers to to uh, to uh, end up. But uh, uh, certainly, there's none of them that's worked out better than what Fred's group has. Uh, uh, you know, they've been they've been uh, uh, right on point on, on how they've conducted their recruiting. And and you stop and think about it, how smart it is. Because whether you're, I mean, this is not a knock against Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, Idaho. But there's a you're, you're you're looking at a lot of states in our area that don't produce the the uh, the uh, uh, the numbers of elite athletes because of population, and and so certainly in order, to re, you know what what gets you to a level playing field is, you know, possibly going out and recruiting guys that are age 21 or age 20 that have been around the the block a couple of times, understand what it takes to compete at a collegiate level, and have them go compete against freshmen and sophomores. So, I think it's a, a pretty smart way in which he's conducted his business. Is there something to be said for that being the last transfer kid that's got to listen this time? Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of times the, the the misconception about transfers is a lot of times you think that there's a, a negative reason and why they occur. That's not necessarily the case at all. I think studies show that a uh, uh, a lot of times it's it's because of uh, a style. It could be playing time. It could be a lot of different things of uh, why kids choose to. Uh, um, elect to go somewhere and sit and 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 uh, but I, I really think that once you get a guy that has sat a year now you know he can he can't transfer again so you bring up a good point it, it almost forces you into hey I'm here so I might as well you know certainly do what coach says and make the most of it but I'm not sure that's necessarily the case at, at, in Ames but I know that would be the case the way I would look at it and and uh, but but Fred and his staff they've done a marvelous job in getting these guys to blend in and and play together as a unit. You love those ESPN game day things when they're here. What are they like on the road? Kind of a late announcement, I guess. This year, you're kind of. Oh, I like them. I like I like them. I think you know. Last year we did the one in Stillwater, and and you know we didn't play very well in that one at all. And you know we've been at Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to think where else we've been on the road. We've been in um, Bramlage, been in Manhattan on game day. We're at Texas one time on 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 game day. So there's four, and we've had probably had four or five ourselves uh, here. Uh, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed we didn't get a game day at home because that was a second straight year. Because what it is is an infomercial for your program and your school, which is a 24-hour infomercial, which is great. Uh, but it'll be good for it'll be good for our guys to play in that type of environment. It'll, it'll be great for the, uh, a psych, the, their players to play in in a game with which that uh, draws such national attention, and, and certainly a game that deserves national attention. So uh, we'll be very excited to go. Did I watch their game last night? Yeah, I did, I did watch. I, I didn't watch every possession because I was trying to do so. I was trying to actually watch tape of Iowa State and you know you can actually get a lot more stuff done watching tape in the same amount of time 
than you could uh, watching a game because of you know all the breaks and commercials. But uh, yeah, I, I watched uh, most of the more important possessions there late. And of course, they played fabulous down the stretch uh, uh, to come back and and actually take the lead. And and then you know I, I don't know if I've seen Baylor play better than what Baylor did to get a you know 15 point lead in the first half. So uh, that was a nice comeback on the road. I think if, if are you basically referring to the Oklahoma State game and the number of well, fouls? A little bit, but, yeah. but I've seen it in other places. See the K State game last night was the, yeah. same one. was the same way. But you also look at hey, our game against uh, Baylor. What did we shoot six free throws at Baylor, and what did we shoot thirteen against Texas Tech, something like that. So there's been numerous games where we haven't shot a large number of free throws. I actually think the officials are doing a really good job. Uh, I think that there were some certain things that that uh, I th because of the chippiness of the last game, I think that they called it closer because of the chippiness uh, to make sure that, that that they had control over it. So I think that was more of an anomaly than than than, uh, than what it normally would be. But I I certainly I I think that they've actually done a pretty good job with it. I think that the emphasis, even though it usually starts out strong and then it kind of tapers off a little bit uh, uh, in a lot of circumstances, but I don't think that's been the case at all. I, th I think the games have been well officiated uh, uh, from that standpoint. And of course, that doesn't mean you're happy with every call. You're never going to be. Uh, uh, but what happens is when you go back and watch tape, you realize they get a lot more right than what you would have gotten right standing there from the sideline in the position that you were in. I guess piggybacking on that, then uh, scoring is down. Way down. What are some of the other you know, you stop and think. This is an interesting stat. I thought in conference play, and I could be. You guys can look it up. Is Gary here? Because Gary, Gary can look at this up because he's kind of our. Well, Jesse's our analytic guy, but but I I think in conference play we may be the second leading scoring team in our league, and it may be third, and we're averaging seventy points a game in league, which is the lowest number that we've ever averaged here. Uh, uh, I think I. Th I think uh, statistically, uh, at least in the games that I'm most familiar with, I think scoring is way down. I, I do. And I think a lot of that is bad offense. I think a lot of it is def it's easier to coach defense and offense and a lot of times and easier to stop people than it is to exploit people. Uh, I think a lot of coaches feel that way. But, the, you know, our, our player skill set I don't think is quite as good. I think it's just generally uh, – uh, going down in large part because we don't have as many good players playing, many great players playing in the college game as what we've had in most of the years past because none of them stay past their sophomore year. Sometimes people equate scoring to the quality of play or like the product on yeah. the floor. Do you, think, do you think the product in college basketball is, is that down too? No, I don't think the product's down at all. I, th I think that, you know, here, here, here's the philosophy. If the other team can't score, you can't lose. And, and you can control your defense and your rep rebounding and things like that. You can control that a lot easier than you can control execution and making shots. So, so uh, uh, I think that I think a lot of people understand that. And I think it's hard to win games because people give up less easy baskets. One stat that you could look at, uh, and one reason why numbers are down, it appears to me there's less transition uh, in college basketball. 
than what there appeared to be in years past. And of course, with less transition, there's obviously fewer possessions, and there's also uh, you know easier opportunities to get baskets. So uh, you know, I, I uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. But the the product is still great. I mean, it's still a great product. But you know, you go through phases of time in baseball. Home runs are down, or home runs are up, and football scoring's down or up. I mean, it's that's just kind of the way it, it happens. But uh, I think the uh, rules committee have done a good job to promote the right things to give offenses not an advantage, but if it's run right and executed right, that you would have an advantage over somebody that's not as sound defensively. If they were to, to reduce the shot clock, what, what would that do? So we're going to give rules committee stuff okay. today. Uh, <laughs> A lot of coaches are not in favor of shot clock reduction. They think that would, if if you have trouble scoring now, uh, try taking bad, try getting a shot earlier in the clock where you don't have to give the defense a chance to break down. I'm not one that feels that way. I think that the shot clock should be reduced uh, because I think coaches will adjust and will go to work to try to score earlier in the clock than what they would maybe if if. Uh, uh, if there was a you know 35 second as opposed to 30 or whatever they reduce it to, I think it would be a positive change. But a lot of coaches across America do not feel strongly about that at all. No, in Big 12 play, you guys have allowed 32 percent on two pointers. Just what have you guys done well to prevent those easy shots? Well, I think our I think our activity level's been way better. I think we're getting our hands on more balls. I think our our, our, our help side, uh, uh, guarding the ball has been better. I, I actually think we've done a better job of keeping the ball out of the paint. Um, and I also think we've been a, done a better job of uh, blocking or contesting. Uh, uh, but it's also not a true measure of where we are because it's only a three-game uh, you know, series. But if you, go back, if you go back probably since Christmas and look at the UNLV game and, and, uh, and the, the Kent game, I do think that we we've, we've been better on the defensive end. I don't I don't want to say great, but I think we're starting to we're starting to guard like I envisioned us guarding when the season started. And you touched on this, the blocking contesting. You guys lost Joel last year. Are, are you pleasantly surprised? I guess that you have guys have challenged so many shots. No, no, not pleasantly surprised, but I am uh, 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 more pleased because I thought I thought that would be something that we would be decent at regardless. Uh, I tell you where we where we've gotten better is blocking shots from behind. I think Jamari and, and Wayne have both done a really good job, especially in the last game. There were some big plays that were, you know, momentum changers that 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 uh, that Wayne made late in in a possession where guys maybe got a layup and he comes from nowhere to block it out, which leads to two points in our end. And and I do think we've done that, but but we do not have a great shot blocker. Cliff obviously would be the best one we have, but. We've got more guys contesting and blocking than what we've probably had in years past where we've relied primarily on one guy. Well, you've been asked about Perry a lot the last few weeks, but how close is he to, to maybe what you envisioned him being this year? Uh, uh, I, I think that – I think Perry is, is just a fraction away from doing the things that we had envisioned him to do. Uh, I think one thing he has to do, he just got to go be a player. He just got to, he's got to go be a player that's aggressive and believe that he's a player. He needs to believe that he's the best player on the floor every night he takes the floor, because when he plays well, he is, and he's proven that. So, uh, I think he goes through. I think Perry is going through a little bit of a of, 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 a, of a situation where 
uh, maybe we're winning, and maybe he's it's okay for him to defer like he has in years past because the end result has been okay, and that's no good for us. He's got to be a guy that is the is the most aggressive guy looking to score every night that we play. Even if he misses shots, he makes things happen if he's aggressive. So I, I, I don't think he's far off at all. And, and certainly his talent level is as good or as better as it's ever been since he's been here. I just think there's a little bit uh, going on with him from a confidence standpoint or maybe from a, a mental standpoint that maybe he's rationalized that uh, uh, it's okay to be the way I am because the team's doing well, and I don't think it is. I think he's got to be our – He's got to be our go-to guy, and, and I don't think he's far off. I wouldn't be surprised at him having a big game and a series of big games very soon. Is he, uh, is he a naturally confident player? I mean, do you, do you sense sometimes that, that confidence kind of goes up and down? I, I, uh, he remembers his misses where some guys don't remember their misses. Uh, he remembers his screw-ups because he's conscientious, like you'd want your son to be, uh, where a lot of coaches – uh, uh, just assume not coach your son. They would rather have some guys that you know they can't remember their bad plays. Uh, 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 and I think that that's something that he's got to get better at. I think I think he's he's almost uh, uh, too sweet and too nice a kid at times when things aren't going well, and, and he rationalizes, "Well, we're doing fine, so it's okay to this." But uh, one thing that I, I I worry about with our entire team is our body language. I don't think we've been a great body language team. Uh, and I think Perry is one of those guys that can improve on that. Uh, uh, I think plays affect him too much. You know, uh, Perry to me is this. Okay, you know how we say coaches all the time that says sometimes uh, uh, winning never feels as good as losing feels bad. I think sometimes with with players, sometimes they hey making good plays never feel as good as when you screw up. And 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 I think that. As a player, that's a bad way to be. Hey, don't remember your screw-ups in every great play is a, a, an energy boost. And, and uh, I think when, when there's expectations on you and things like that and things go well, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. As opposed to, man, this is great. God, I've never had so much fun. And, and I think that that's kind of uh, – that's probably a bad analogy, but I think that's something that's very correctable, and, and, and I really see him taking off the last half of our season. Is Kelly one of those guys who – Kelly can't remember. Yeah, he can't remember. You know, and Kelly could be 0-4 and have three turnovers and he gets a deflection out of bounds and he thinks that's the play that actually won the game. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, which is the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Uh, 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 you know, and I think that's great. And, and But that's that's the way it should be, fun and enthusiastic like that. Kelly's confidence has really swelled the last few yeah. weeks, it seems like. What, what was the switch with him that, that got him? Probably just playing time and seeing some good things happen. You know, uh, uh <clears throat> probably maybe me believing anymore, be real candid, because maybe I didn't trust as much early on, and 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 which probably affected him uh, uh, because he wasn't performing well, and well he's not going to play me now that I'm not doing good, and you know this that, and and then the other thing I think that was kind of a negative, and I'll get on Larry about this. I think our schedule was a negative uh, uh, with that because you know it can't be my fault, so we got to blame somebody else. But I th I, I think our schedule was a, was a negative with that small thing in mind because how do you let guys play through certain things when you got to win the game? And, and so, uh, uh, which is a compliment to our schedule because our schedule is off the charts, as you guys know, if you looked at any of the, the rating stuff. But, but uh, you know, and it's obviously, I believe, going to be an asset to our team moving forward. But early in their careers, I think that would be something that's a little bit of a detriment to some of those kids.
challenges of guarding Yang? Well, you know, you, you George is terrific, and he's one of my favorite players in the league without question. But if you focus too much on George, I mean, George is averaging, what, 15 and a half a game, but their whole team can score. I mean, Long goes five of five from three. Uh, last night, uh, 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 you know, transfer Northern Illinois, I believe it's uh, uh, Northern Illinois, the guy that, you know, can shoot the ball so well. And, and, uh, and they got another one uh, uh, just came in, Mackey, that, that's, that's, I mean, they got guys that can, that can score from all eight spots. They're going to play eight guys, and all eight guys are, are natural scores the way I see it. And so, and then they got a point guard. Morris obviously doesn't turn it over. So, to me, it's one of those things that you got to be concerned with George but it's not like it was even last year, year before, where they had guys that could score from all spots, but I don't think they've ever gone eight deep that can score. I, th I think it's one of those deals, it's going to be guard your man. And, uh, you know, certainly I don't know if that's a, a, a positive for us because they're very creative in the, in the different wrinkles they give you, Fred is, but you got to be able to guard your man and you got to be able to not force him. <coughs> and and, and you got to do that with George, but you got to do that with everybody else. What do you remember about the last few games in Ames? Uh, well, last year we played really well. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Joe was off the charts. And, and uh, uh, in the year before, you know, Elijah was off the charts. And that was a game that we stole. We were lucky to win. And, uh, but the games up there have always been very competitive. It's as good an atmosphere as we'll play in this year. And, and their fans are obviously very enthusiastic and, and – uh, very loyal supporters, and, and they'll be geeked up for game day. So I can't imagine playing, and we'll play in some other good atmospheres, but I can't imagine playing in one that, that will match this year's uh, atmosphere in Hilton. Anything what would it mean for the Big 12 race to win? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's too early to get uh, uh, excited or down about where you are in the Big 12 race because, I mean, if you look at the game Saturday, Every game is going to impact our race. I mean, that's, it's, it's not like, you know, sometimes you go, so, okay, when does Iowa State play at Texas? You don't have to do that. Well, who does Iowa State play next? Who does Texas play next? Who does Kansas play next? Because every game is a losable game, your next game. So, uh, obviously, it would be a, 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 a huge for us to get another win on the road, but it would be pre way premature to think that that would be, okay, anyone's in the driver's seat so far because it, it, it's way too early for anybody to feel that way.